Hey everyone, welcome to the nitty gritty of real estate. Rob is a past client of mine and is going through a new construction build right now. And so we wanna share some things with you in reference to what experience Rob had, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast here. Uh, again, I'm here with Rob Young, a past client of mine, and my name is Tom Krieger. I am the head honcho of the Tom J. Krieger team, and we want, Rob, in this uh, podcast, we want to talk about your experiences as a client, okay? Um, we had about 111 clients last year. You were one of those 111, but a very special one, I might ask. Thank you. I might add. Um, Rob, you went through the experience of building a new construction home. You lived in the Northwest, you sold your house, you came down here um, while the construction was going on during these times. And then you also took a little leap of faith and bought a investment property at the same time. So I'd like to talk about your experiences in that. What was like, hey, this is a great experience or this wasn't such a great experience and Tom's team was able to do this, but they sh could have done this. And these are the things that we bumped you know, bumped our heads on. So I'm going to stop talking, Rob. And first of all, um, thanks for coming here. Sure, you're welcome, Tom. Share with me your beginning feelings and thoughts when you got involved with, you know, buying a new home. Well, so first, Tom, um, my wife and I are not experts in real estate. Okay. We've owned real estate. We've rented real estate. But are, was that our profession? No. I was in the insurance and financial business, a consultant, and... Do I know why people should own real estate? Sure. But am I the best person or my wife to figure out what real estate to own? No. We've always had experts share it with us. The fact that um, we can get expert advice on a consultative basis and end up literally, and I, I don't like to use this word, but literally get a better deal either buying or selling, how does that not make sense to people? I just think that that is the best thing. Now, from our, our experience in our project that we had, just so happened we had this house built during the heart of the pandemic, mm -hmm. before vaccinations, double masks and everything else you could imagine, and labor shortages, supply issues and everything. But by getting consultation by Tom, by you, Tom, and, and your people in your office that work for you, um, we got consulted all the way through so we could actually wade through the water and get to the island so that we can, you know, move in. And we're moving in right now, which is fantastic. Yeah. But we, you know, who knows? We never would have got there without help and also having the help with the relationship with the builder because we didn't have the relationship with the builder. I mean, we have one now, but we didn't. Yeah. So what we're seeing, Rob, and you, you're obviously somebody who was involved in this, we're starting to see like people closing on properties without everything being there. Now, in our part of the country, we get something called a certificate of occupancy. Once that is issued right. by the municipality, then the builder would like for you to close. Why? Because the builder has all this money outlay and they want to get some of it back, right? It isn't like... 
like on a private build right. where you pay draws from a bank. If you're building a, like a custom home, you know, they'll take the first 20%. And then after a certain period, like when the concrete's poured, they take another 10%. And then after the rough framing's done, they get another 10%. And then after the roof goes on and the windows are installed, they take another 10%. That's usually the way it works. That's yeah. the, So the builder isn't, you know, stuck with that big carrying costs of the entire cost of the project, like like in this situation we're in now. Um, we all know that we hear it on the television all the time, supply chain issues. Lumber for a while was going up, up, up. Fortunately, it has stopped that and it's reversed its tracks now. Mm -hmm. But during that time, Builders were getting caught short on their profits. So what they built into the contracts now were something called an escalation clause. And that escalation clause had to do with the price of lumber. So when you signed a new build contract, you were at the, if you will, the whim of the lumber industry how much you're going to pay for your house. Now, there were limits on it on these escalation clauses. In some cases, it was five. some cases, it was $10,000. So right before they'd start nailing the nails into the wood, that's when you would find the escalation clause. In some cases, it went up $3,000. some cases, it went up $8,000. In some cases, it went up $10,000 from your original cost. Mm -hmm. Did you experience anything like that in your construction? Well, luckily... Um we didn't with your guidance, Tom. We actually were able to lock in with this national builder. And least we heard, we have never seen this or never seen their warehouses, but we were told that they stockpile materials like lumber and things like that ahead of time for the houses they're going to build. And that's a good thing because then they didn't have to pass on any of those uh, clauses. But I've heard of that, and I've known people that have deal with that. But we didn't have to deal with that, which was good. So that's a good thing. Yeah. Nobody wants to have an extra $10,000 thrown you know, on top of the big ticket number they have already. So, Rob, what were some of the difficulties that you were running across while you were building uh, the house that you know, were almost like impossible to get over? Well, um, communication. Mm -hmm. Not with your office as much with the builder the superintendent, the sales agent. Um, you always wonder if they go dark, they're going dark for what reason? You know, who are they hiding from? So who knows? But that that was part of it. Um, it. Almost like, to be honest with you, I think there was a little bit of embarrassment from not being able to get particular materials or how their labor was performing because it was different than what they were used to. You know, I heard, Rob, and in your case, I know that it's a fact, one day they'd have certain laborers coming out doing a job like painting. The next day, the same paint company came out, but it was different laborers, different painters, because those guys quit or they moved on. Um, there's a lot of what we call cannibalization inside of the trades, where one painter will offer mm. the painters a buck and a half more an hour, and they'll leave uh, paint company A to go work for paint company B. And then the builder is like, where's my help? Right. right. So right. in defense, sometimes of the builders, we have a labor shortage here in the United States and a, and a skilled labor shortage we've had for over 10 years. Right. Right. Um, and when it comes to good quality help right now in the home building industry, they're really hurting. Right. You know, they're really hurting. Did you have did you have times where you felt like, hey, you need to come back and redo this? This wasn't done right. 
Well, we had, you know, when this first started, which was um, March 1st of 2020, uh-huh. um, there would be some work done for a couple of days, and then you wouldn't see anybody for a month. Yeah. The property would sit there. Now, that was the original program, and evolved like that for several months until about, I think it was about um, November, mm-hmm. October, November of this past fall, where all of a sudden trade started showing up like they came out of the you know, woodwork. And yeah. I think it was part of the unemployment thing that it was ending and those kinds of things. But yes, we had um, uh, trades that were, since we were kind of micromanaging this whole project since June when we moved here, um, we saw trades that did work. And then you wondered what it was that they were looking at and they left your house and didn't come back for weeks, yet they left it not right. And so there wasn't that quality control. There wasn't that, oh, I feel good about my job. Let's walk through it and see if it's good. Mm-hmm. And then don't leave until it is good. And then let whoever it is know that it is good. And then be happy when you show back up. You won't have to be fixing something. But there was a little bit of that. Tell me some of the good things about the, the pro- you know, your building. What, what, what were some of the things that excited you and excited your wife, Diane? Well... First thing, it was really exciting to have a slab poured. (laughs) (laughs) And the little colored little things that pop up for your gas and electricity. We thought that was pretty entertaining. Okay. You know, Um, initially, uh, it was great to see the the walls of lumber show up. Mm -hmm. And then the walls of lumber sat there for weeks and no one did anything. Um, It was actually pretty happy times when we saw the inspectors come by from the city of Oro Valley. And that was good because they do get on it and they come by at several different times because we look in the superintendent's book and it says when they come by. So that was really a good part. Um, And and probably the best thing about, you know, watching it get built was um, some of the people that we got to meet in the neighborhood that will eventually be our neighbors. Mm -hmm. You know, your neighbor. and we don't even know probably 80% of our neighbors because they're not there yet. So, Rob, you know, from a from kind of a personal point of view, where was the help coming from on our team? And where could we have maybe improved on our services? Okay. So <clears throat> the biggest help is um, knowing what prices are and should be and knowing the area, especially if you don't know it. That's a huge, huge thing. Um, it's a little bit different when you're working with the builder because the builder says, we don't really care. It's this price and you either pay it or right. you don't. But so all that part was really good. Uh, to me, I always look for the positive of, of everything in regards to that. Um, could there be anything better? Uh, only thing I could even think of would be um, to have more of an open dialect and conversation with the builder because we walk into a situation where we don't have a relationship and then we don't have conversation, especially during a pandemic. It wasn't good at first. It's good now. Yeah. I mean, I can stop by and see people and talk and they know us and that kind of thing. But that, and maybe that's just the way builders are, could be. But that would be one thing I thought would be really positive if that would have, if there was a, a bridge right there. Hey everyone, we want to interrupt this episode to let you know that we are a Keller Williams Southern Arizona franchise. Also, we are licensed realtors practicing equal housing.
Yeah. So communication, 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 right? Yeah. I mean, really when, when we when we struggle through things like this pandemic, like the supply chain, like the shortage, I'm gonna call it the shortage supply chain too, of labor. Right. right? So not only material, building materials, but the people to build to utilize the building materials. I think we we have trouble in, in this industry by not communicating it. And you made a comment earlier about hiding. You know, sometimes right. I think people just hide instead of coming in and just saying, hey, look, it, I, I want to do this, but I, I don't know how. I'm open for some suggestions from you. I remember I was working with a different builder and a different client, and the superintendent came up and says, tell me what you want me to do. I don't have an answer for you. I can't get this microwave, or I can't get the windows right now, or... I can't get the painters to get paint. Right. For a while, believe it or not, we were having troubles just getting paint to paint the house. Now, we go every day to like a Home Depot or to Lowe's or to Ace, and we want four gallons of white or 16 gallons of They mix this, it right, right up. And they mix it right up. But these painters were struggling to get their paint. Right. So I think if, if the builders out there would be more open to say, what would you like for me to do to the client and say, I can't do anything, but I'm willing to do if you want me to do something else, right? Do well, you want to go get the paint for me? I'll, you know, right. Well, you those, know, those types of things. You know what we ran into though, is last summer um, when there was labor that showed up to do something and then no one showed up for three weeks, four weeks or whatever. Uh-huh. No one would tell us what was going on in the dark. Yeah, they never they never called up and said, "Oh, by the way, uh, we have this schedule for labor, this schedule for paint, or whatever." It was nothing, and so you sit there and think about it. That's not very good communication. You should at least communicate with your homeowners and tell them what's going on, whether it's good or bad or indifferent. Hey, I can't show up with paint. I don't have an oven. I don't have a microwave, or I can't get labor for two more weeks. No problem, but. If you say nothing, then basically homeowners think the worst. Throughout this whole experience, Rob, obviously you had some ups, you had some downs. You're in your house now. You're unpacking. We're not right? sleeping there yet. You're not sleeping there yet, but you're unpacking. And if you were to you know, just reach out to America, like somebody was thinking about building, what advice would you give them? Well, <clears throat> first what I've learned, because I didn't know this, I would definitely make sure that I had guarantees by the builder so like like for example a down payment and guarantee there's no escalation causes for prices yep. and you know going up and that kind of thing I'd want that I'd also want um, a realistic communication with that builder that there was going to be dialogue and work it out let them say do you want text or do you want email or do you want a phone call it's not very difficult to pick up the phone and call people and just talk to them for a minute and tell them what's going on. If that was the way it is, you'd, you'd walk away with more of a warm, fuzzy feeling um, that you you know might do it again or you, you would pass it on to your friends or that kind of thing. And I would say that we learned it the hard way, um, but my wife and I here, we micromanaged this house for the last um, 10 months, 11 months. Uh -huh. And I have to say that that was a benefit. When we got to the end, more things were right than wrong. I think if we'd have let it go, 
we'd have had this huge laundry list of things that weren't right. Now, would they eventually fix it? Sure. Would it have been right when we moved in? No. But it would. It was a lot closer when we micromanaged the whole thing. So I would suggest that unless you really, really trust the builder and they're doing it for you. At this particular case, during this pandemic year, we didn't have that trust. It wasn't happening. In fact, right during the whole thing, the superintendents changed. And so the person that we were getting to know went somewhere else and a new one showed up. And that, so <laughs> there you go. Hopefully that helps everybody because there is better ways to do things. Yeah. So it sounds like if we can put this in a nutshell and wrap this all up, Rob, make sure you keep your expectations in check. Do your due diligence of watching the project. Create great communications with the site people, okay, if you can get to the superintendent or the foreman on the job. Keep good communications with the real estate agent and have the real estate agent handle as much as possible for you and right. always, always, always stress and come from a point of contribution when it comes to communication. Right. Would you agree with all that? I would, and I would say one more thing is that for everybody listening, you should always have representation. Yeah, you don't want to go in You don't want to be alone. It's like going into a war and you're the only one running across the field. How, right. how much sense does that make? So when you get representation, you get the best pricing, you get the best advice, you know, maybe down the road when you want to sell something, how does anybody really know what that is unless you're in it every single day? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone, that's it for the Nitty Gritty of Real Estate podcast here. We appreciate you taking some time. On the link below, if you have any questions at all, feel free to contact us. We're here 24-7 for you. Have a great day. Hey, thank you for listening and watching the Nitty Gritty podcast here with the Tom J. Krieger team. If you are thinking about buying a home, selling a home, or even investing in real estate, please reach out to us. We are local here in Tucson, Arizona, but we are also connected to over 4,000 agents across the US. So again, looking to buy, sell, or invest in your hometown, reach out to us and let us connect you.